Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Open Heart. The uh, the director is Keith uh, Davidson. It is the story of uh, eight uh, Rwandan children who leave their homes to embark on a life or death journey to the Sudan, which is where they're going to get some uh, where they're getting uh, heart surgery that could save their lives. Uh, I want to uh, first of all uh, thank you for uh, being here and also for uh, this wonderful film. Uh, it's just a truly terrific. Uh, a short-form documentary uh, about the, the lives of these kids. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to, uh, to this story and, uh, um, and how you made the decision to go forward with a documentary about it. Sure. Um, this was uh, a bit of a uh, sort of uh, accidental film, if, if, if I could call it that. Um, I was in Rwanda um, in October of 2011 working on a completely different documentary about... Um, another medical organization called Partners in Health. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was while I was on that trip that I met um, a uh, pediatric cardiologist uh, who uh, went by the name of Dr. Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had explained to me that he had um, about 80 children on an emergency wait list, and they were all suffering from rheumatic heart disease. Which is which originates from untreated strep throat. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a disease that we do not have here in the in the Western uh, world anymore. I mean, a hundred years ago, it was the number one killer of children mm-hmm. uh, before we discovered uh, penicillin, mm-hmm. and it's been eradicated. There's no case, virtually no cases here in the U.S. Um, and it was uh, infuriating actually to see lines and lines of children that were sitting there um, with a uh, very preventable disease that um, the vast majority of them may die. And that was the impetus of the story, but it it didn't quite fit into the other film that we were telling, so uh, we wound up making a separate film, which is how it became a short film. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, and then uh, you focus in on uh, eight Rwandan children um, Mm -hmm. in the film. Correct. uh, And just such so compelling that the kids are just so open and I mean it's an amazing group of kids and then to see the circumstances that they came out of um, tell us a little bit about uh, maybe you know just a little bit about how you came to to know them and mm-hmm. and how they played a part in the film sure well the first um, child actually came to us uh, from a photograph that was sent to us and it was a photograph of a six-year-old girl named Angelique and um, I just personally was moved by the photo. I have a five-year-old child myself, mm-hmm. and and it just touched me, I guess. And 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 we we knew that this was before we even met Angelique that this would probably be one of the children that we would follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, you know, it was very difficult. You know, we didn't really have the resources to bring a big crew there, so it was uh, ultimately a crew of four people, and we had to follow. Um, eight different children and their family stories, and we had a very sort of small amount of time to do so. Um, it was one of those things where, you know, you had to document everything because you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, we 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 felt from the beginning that uh, I was convinced that at least one child may not make it, if not more. They were in very, very bad uh, situations. Um, and every decision 
really actually from pre-production on was, was, was around that. I mean, there were certain crew people that I normally would have taken with me that I did not take because I, I thought it would be uh, a very difficult emotional situation for, for certain crew people yeah. and potentially to witness um, death on an operating table or, or, or shortly after. So it was, it was very, very emotional. Um, and uh, to get to your question, I mean, just the, the families were just so um, appreciative and relieved that their children, um, in a sense, won this lottery. Um, I hate to put it in those terms, but, you know, when you're talking about um, so many people that need surgery and there's so few opportunities for them, they won the lottery in the sense that they were chosen to go to Sudan uh, for a completely free heart surgery operation. So they were so grateful in that respect that they very much opened up their their doors to us and and um, they were uh, very generous in, in, yeah. in letting us film them. Well, it really, and, and honestly, I could see exactly what you're talking about in terms of uh, the impact that it would have on your crew. All of all of those kids, in particular Angelique, was uh, uh, just uh, wonderful. The, uh, the young woman who went in for the second um, surgery was also very compelling, and I just blanked out on her name uh, her name was marie marie what a wonderful just all it's it this is a very uh, uh involving documentary from the very first moments uh, that we lay eyes on the on on the kids themselves yeah. and you know it's just it it's just uh you know in a in a to see people in a country with so limited resources and and, and a healthcare system that's severely compromised and but to see the spirit, the life, the spirit of life that these these children have in them, mm-hmm. uh, is really remarkable and really life affirming to see. Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, as with as dark of a subject matter that it is, there's a lot of light in the, in this in in this particular story because of of the children and 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 also sort of the the way things sort of turn out. There were there were a lot of twists and turns, yeah. as you probably saw in the film. I mean, yeah. I went. You know, we spent uh, a good amount of time in Sudan, but the recovery period was, you know, a six-week recovery, so we didn't stay for all of it. And I wound up going back by myself for the return home, and there was a major story development that happened the day before we we returned, which mm. um, I don't want to spoil it. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, this, this film for us, is, it's been an interesting project just overall for us because, you know, it, it became... an an advocacy piece for us and you know again being so outraged over the situation that it's as simple as as antibiotics penicillin which is so cheap that that could prevent this and it comes from strep throat it's 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 a preventable disease that um really you know should be there should be more emphasis on it and 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 there's just not mainly just because you know attention has been more so on on aids and malaria and tuberculosis in africa mm-hmm. um so what we're hoping with the film really is to um help um uh, have some sort of real sustainable change um happen and the first thing that's happened for us which is great news was we managed to get philips the technology company uh to donate um a hundred thousand dollar portal portable uh uh, echocardiac machine, which will help detect rheumatic heart disease in in the field. Mm. So one one thing that's happening in April, and and I think this is in in one sense probably the greatest achievement of the film, 
is that result, that Dr. Emanuel will now be able to take that machine with the support of another organization called Team Heart and go into the field and do a preventative screening on over 1,000 uh, children is the first uh, screening that they're going to do in the spring. Amazing. Well, yeah. you, one of the things about uh, your film, Open Heart, uh, that, that is so striking to me, and it's encouraging and discouraging at the same time, is to see what how just a little bit of resources... Just uh, the penicillin, the the you know to combat the uh, strep throat. Just a, a small thing could have such a dramatic impact, and and unfortunately, I think that's the case throughout uh, the world. But particularly, it seems in Africa, where uh, the the medical resources are so depleted or so undernourished. Uh, uh, but to see what just a few relatively minor. Um, incidental cost, at least to, to the Western world, could have such a tremendous impact on, on the health and well-being of the people in, in that part of the world. Yeah, no question. I, I mean, the film follows these eight children getting their open-heart surgery, yeah. and that's that's the sort of drama- dramatic uh, line that's that you know, throughout the whole film. But in reality, the, what the film really demonstrates is that this is not the way it should be. It shouldn't be about those lucky eight that get to go right, right. um that it that this is this is uh that we could work now to uh prevent this from happening in the future and it, it really has to be a uh two-fold strategy it's it's taking care of the the children with the immediate need for surgery now and then preventing it in the future and and luckily um i mean this hospital in sudan's amazing it's it's an italian-run hospital um, so it's mainly run by Italians. I felt like I was in Italy half the time. It was very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the only free, completely free cardiac surgery hospital in all of Africa. So there's no charge to the patients. And um, there's also what, what I found remarkable is that after the patients have the surgery, they have to go back home and they still, if they've had mechanical valves put in, that means they're going to have to be on medication for the rest of their lives. This organization, Emergency, uh, they're called, will supply that medication for the rest of their lives. So this is one hospital that's supposed to handle the all of Africa. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great model for uh, yeah. free health care um, in Africa and, and what could be done, and they're, they're, they're making it work. They, they, yeah, they, they, to their great credit, and uh, this, I don't know, this, the visit by the head of the Sudan, who you you uh, rightfully identify for who he is. President Bashir. Yeah, Bashir, Omar Bashir, with the interesting, uh, certainly interesting, the, to, to put it mildly, uh, history, personal history, uh, and to see, see the frustration in the eyes of the people trying to keep this clinic afloat as they talk to him about, you know, the possibilities for that is heartbreaking. Um, part of the film for me, and uh, yeah. Now you, you as a filmmaker, Keith uh, Davidson, have spent a fair amount of time uh, in Africa. I mean, uh, you did a, a previous full-length documentary, Kasim the Dream, um, about a former child soldier who was uh, a world boxing champion. This uh, obviously is fertile ground for you. What, what's the attraction? What's the your personal connection to? Uh, you're just looking for great stories. Yeah, for me, it, it's. Uh, it's. I guess it's just so coincidental that my last two films back-to-back have been um, uh, African-based. Uh, I did another one before that that was in Bolivia. Um, I think initially my attraction with uh, places like Africa and Bolivia were, were uh, just the idea of, of finding stories in such a remote 
uh, location and, and getting out of uh, New York at the time and now L.A. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, for me, it's always just about character. Um, with Kasim the Dream, you know, he was such a dynamic character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, three quarters of that movie actually was shot in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this was, you know, th- this, this film was different. Uh, while I'm always looking for the character-driven stories that are really going to drive the, the narrative, um, this is the first film that I think I've actually started from the beginning where I did it because I solely wanted to see um, a change happen. Mm-hmm. With Kasim the Dream, it was different. You know, um, it was more of a character study. With this and finding these kids, it was really outrage that moved um, uh, the film and me wanting to make the film yeah. um, and wanting to see some change happen. Yeah. Well, and. You know, it's obviously uh, because of the nomination and um, of, of for an Academy Award for uh, uh, short doc, short documentary. It's obviously going to reach a a, a wider audience um, increasingly, uh, and I think the recognition on the part of the movie going public that these this category, often overlooked category, of the Academy Awards, is getting more and more attention for the to the increasing quality and uh, the work being done um, it, it will reach a audience and also you're really looking for the decision makers you're this is a film that's di- it, in, well, obviously directed to an audience but certainly hoping to impact public policy and I I, uh, I not only applaud you but I think it, it will it will resonate with people who could have a, an impact on this yeah on this I mean thing. I see it happening already you know I think um, you know the the donation from Phillips was the first good example I think now with the nomination there's a lot more emphasis on it um, hopefully with a win um, I think it will just be multiplied um, astronomically yeah. um, and it's 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 for us the more press we get around this the better you know the right. pressure has to be put on uh, the politicians in, in Africa, so they they are aware of this disease and and, and get people to rally rally around such a uh, very simple concept that all they need is penicillin. So, you know, we're off to a great start with 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 the nomination. Um, the film's going to open in over a hundred uh, cinemas through Oscar Shorts, uh, which is Magnolia Pictures and Shorts International. Um, that starts, I think, today in New York City, and then in Los Angeles uh, next Friday, February eighth, is the beginning right. of that run. And right. it's still out there to voters, the Ampus voters that. Uh, are supposed to see all five of them in the cinemas and make their decisions. There are five really wonderful films, actually. And uh, yeah, and and again, I mean, the Academy and the film distribution uh, outfits are recognizing that people. Uh, and this is one of the things that I just find so terrific that, that some of the most compelling uh, moments of uh, in in my years worth of viewing movies has come from these short films and uh, particularly the ones that have been nominated for an Academy Award they are, m- are people should go out and see these and one of the things I like to tell people is okay so you're maybe not as enamored with this film uh, that you're watching at the time but here in a few minutes you're going to be you're going to be uh, you're going to have another opportunity uh, to be uh, not not talking about your film trust me <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it, it's a great way to go to uh, to the to the movies and see a variety. I guess that's a better way to put it: a variety of films and filmmakers and their takes on these different uh, subjects.
subjects. Um, yeah, no question. I mean, I, I've seen um, four out of the five films so far, and, and, and watching them back-to-back, all the films are so different. Yeah. And uh, it is, uh, you know, experience. the 40-minute length, which is mainly the length that, that, that all these films are, yeah. you know, they're not really shorts. They're, they're, they're mid-length films. Yeah. And I have to say that, um, you know, while I didn't set out initially to make a short, I was working on a feature to begin with, um, I, I I like the length. I think the the problem with the length is that it it it, sh- it your chances for distribution are a lot smaller because there's not there's only so many outlets for that. So right. you know, luckily for us, and I think I think all the films um, that are shortlisted you know have distribution. We're with HBO and we have um, international distribution as well in Germany and France and and. Uh, we just uh, we just had Carter Pilcher on from Shorts International, and obviously huh? an outlet for short films. And you're right. And just in the minute we've got left here, I just want to ask you. I mean, obviously, uh, you this is a labor of love. Open Heart was a uh, what you wanted to do for for all the reasons you stated. Tell me a little, just in your private moment, when on that Tuesday morning uh, you awoke to find out, or you were watching to find out that you had been nominated for an Academy Award. What was that like? Well, it was a it was a very restless night's sleep. Actually, yeah. um, I, I I kept having a recurring dream that lasted for about three hours. <laughs> I think it started about two o'clock in the morning, where I I, I dreamt that I woke up, checked the internet uh, where they were really announcing it, and uh, and we didn't make the nomination, and I was so upset. And then I woke up, and I was so excited that it was just a dream and relieved. And I'd fall back asleep, and then I'd have the same dream, but in this version of the dream, uh, we had received the nomination, and I was just so excited. And then I'd wake up, and I was upset that I woke up, and it was just a dream. And then you hit repeat on that for three hours is basically what happened, (laughs) and I wound up sleeping through the announcement uh, because I guess I was so exhausted having this recurring dream that I received a call from my producer who sounded like she was, uh, you know, deer caught in the headlights <laughs> and it sounded to me like we didn't make it because the way she was talking and then I realized that we did and and then the phone just you know I didn't really Exploded. even have time to think about it because the phone was just ringing off hook every every 10 seconds mainly from our friends in New York City Fantastic. Um, that were on the the right time zone because it was 5 30 in the morning here so <laughs> Well, um, we just run out of time, uh, Keith. I, I would love to talk to you more about this because I, I just—it's wonderful filmmaking, uh, compelling story, beautifully told, and just uh, truly heart-rendering uh, to see the the progress these kids uh, and the trials and tribulations that they go through, it's, and their families as well. It's really well done, and uh, my congratulations to you on this. Yeah, thank you so much, and and yeah. just just you know, there's uh, our, we do have a screening tomorrow. I think there's an uh, an AMPA screening uh, tomorrow afternoon. I believe at two o'clock, and one at UCLA, which is open to the public um, on Tuesday, and then the theatrical in LA starts on right. Friday. Friday, and you can also the Oscars shorts dot shorts, and and uh, you can actually uh, find. We go to the Oscar site, uh, and and you can find out dates and locations for. Yeah, we have uh, all the dates on our website. Oh, as well. Okay. Openheartfilm.com. Openheartfilm.com. Very good. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here, and all the best on the twenty fourth of February. And uh, uh, thank you, and hope uh, maybe you can find some time for your next project to come back here. And Thanks talk so to much. You. I appreciate it. All right. You bye bye. Take care. Bye bye.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 